Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. My puppets are waving and they're laughing as well. Why are you laughing? Just how we always do it so in sync. I don't know how it happens, but it's just like not just the waving, but even like as soon as you hear me, it just it just there you go. Boom. But here we are. Welcome. Portuguese Grand Prix time. WTF1 podcast. Welcome to Tom Bellingham and Katie Fairman, my two esteemed guests, not guests, family. You know, it's just, Tom is obviously uh, the WTF1 founder. I can't, it's literally in my contract. I can't not say <laughs> it, otherwise I'm, I'm fired. And uh, Katie Fairman, of course, the WTF1 editor, bringing you all the news and gossip and all that good stuff. So uh, today, obviously, Portuguese Grand Prix, Portimao, three-word race reviews. Let's dive straight into it. Sharon, design, drafting, all about tyres. Samuele underscore Giovanoli, sleeping Grand Prix. And Younes underscore Domain, fun then boring. I think Younes has, has nailed that pretty well. I think it was more that than the sleeping Grand Prix. But yes, it, uh, it was a, well, I mean, it's, it all kind of just happened in that first part of the race, didn't it? And then it all settled down uh, quite, well, I say nicely. Uh, it, it was almost like last year, wasn't it, Portimao, in that sense, because there was chaos at the start, signs taking the lead, all that sort of stuff. But then as soon as the position sort of jostled around, you had the two Mercedes out in front. Hamilton, of course, overtook Bottas back in 2020, and then it was done. And again, it was that s- same kind of vibe, wasn't it? It was. Should I go into my trade race review? Because it's pretty much that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's do that, Tommy. My trade race review is 2020 Deja Vu. And that's not... Um... Yeah, it's, it's kind of what you were saying, but also the fact that it felt very similar to a kind of your standard 2020 race, I guess, if you like. Not just the fact that we had a now record-breaking Hambotva or Botva, no, Hamverbot as it, as it was in the actual race, but that's now the, the most common podium ever in Formula 1. Um, but the fact that you had... Bottas doing well in quality, but ultimately not quite good enough in the race to match Hamilton, Hamilton overtaking him. Verstappen kind of hanging on to the two Mercedes. It did kind of feel like we were back in 2020 for that race, didn't it? It did, it did yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a weird one, really. Uh, I'm still in two minds as to whether or not the track's good, as much as it's a roller coaster, undulations, all that good stuff. Uh, the buzzwords, <laughs> the yeah. yeah, bingo cards for that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I was of the same opinion. What about you, Casey? Yeah, I loved like the look of the cars going around the track. I mean, to have a circuit like you say that's such a roller coaster, like the TV um, footage that picked it up, it just looks an awesome track to drive, and I'm sure the drivers like it. Unless you're Max Verstappen, who said he never wants to come back here, um, which was. But- wasn't it straight yeah. I mean, that is max you know he will just say it how it is and i'm sure probably someone at red bull went yeah, you probably maybe don't oh, just rain that back a bit. <laughs> yeah, we do want to sell red bull cans in portugal please don't <laughs> yeah. but no i i agree with with what tommy is saying you know it seems that the beginning of the race is super action-packed there's loads of overtaking which obviously we're all really happy about and then it sort of dies down and these massive gaps form and then it just becomes a bit dull Um, you know I was saying that I mean it's difficult because we had two such insane races to kick start the season that um, you know naturally anything that followed that was not as crazy as Imola and Bahrain was obviously going to be compared to being a bit boring and a bit dull but yeah I'm, I'm kind of in two minds like I like the idea of racing in Portugal and going back it's got so much history there and the circuit isn't terrible it's just 
there are other circuits that for example we're not racing at like you know Canada's been cancelled this year which is a great shame um and I would probably prefer to race in somewhere like Canada than Portugal um if I had the option but fair uh although it's I guess it's the the comparisons people are making at the moment are Turkey aren't they to uh mm. to Canada and yes they're both good tracks uh, I'm excited to see Turkey uh, later on this year of course Canadian fans sorry next year hopefully fingers crossed i'd love to go there i'd love to go to canada never been anyway that's that's getting off the point uh ill underscore ingegnery ill underscore ingegner whoever that is and if that's their actual name i have just butchered that uh have the rule changes saved f1 from lewis hamilton's retirement i've never seen him so excited about racing he's really enjoying this challenge and i think we're witnessing the best year of his career in terms of driving apart from Imola going into the wall and anyway um I, I wouldn't say he's probably the the absolute pinnacle of of, uh, of his driving um ability obviously we've seen some great performances don't get me wrong um as for the rule changes saving f1 for lewis hamilton I, I don't know i just feel like he could easily change his mind like that if if he just decides i ah, you know what i don't like this anymore you know i don't enjoy it anymore i think deep down he wants eight titles 100 percent you know, that's that's just the goal, isn't it? You want to be the greatest of all time, especially if you're in Lewis's shoes. You're one away in potentially the best car on the grid, if you know, that's up for debate. As for the excited about racing, I feel like, you know, he relishes in it when he's the one coming out on top. So he'll be the one going, oh, yeah, what an amazing battle with Max and Valtteri. Oh, you know, I was behind, I was feeling good. You know, and then eventually he wins. And then, of course, he's going to be like, yeah, love it. And then, but I can't. I want to see an alternate universe where he finishes third in that battle. And then he goes, yeah, no, loving the battle. Yeah, no, they both beat me, but wow, God, love it. You know, I just feel like maybe it, you know, his excitement comes from the fact that he comes out on top in those battles. And that's when he enjoys it the most. Of course you want to win when you're in a close battle, but I think he'd take winning a boring race over losing an exciting race. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure we're all the same, you know, even if it's, sim racing or something you know you're have you ever you love that have you ever won a sim race? <laughs> <laughs> uh yes i actually won a c-class race on grand Turismo once. um <laughs> yeah but the fact that yeah lewis hamilton uh, i totally agree he's he's all happy and friendly now if if it had been max three from three uh and which hamilton, it could have easily been could it could yeah, maybe it it could have been. He's it's definitely a lot closer this year. Um, he'd be. I think it would be more. We need to catch up rather than. Oh my word! I absolutely love this, and of course he's going to love it because essentially he put in two brilliant overtakes. Um, you know, seemed to be the only one that could actually overtake at Portimao, especially with the front the front runners, um, and is you know getting a proper a proper challenge, but still doing extremely well and is leading the championship whether you know if he'd had the mistake at Imola and was quite far behind um would he be as chirpy but that's just human nature isn't it of course you're gonna you love it when you're you're winning and I'm sure if it does get to that stage where maybe Red Bull have a couple of good wins on the on the bounce it'll be interesting to see if he's still very much um chirpy because you know that that the thing that springs to mind with Hamilton, which I feel like will will forever haunt him, is that that BBC article of Vettel's dominance could be quite boring for <laughs> Formula One. Um, and uh, yeah, so we shall see. That's an F1 struggle right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. 
it's great to see Hamilton so happy and excited after the races because although obviously last year he did super well, won the championship, sometimes I think he probably felt like it, he was just out there on his own. Um, you know, Bottas wasn't really able to challenge him in the ways that he should have done. And uh, he was just sort of one horse race, took the title um, and that kind of stuff. Although Max did challenge him at some points, but finally he's able to fight someone that he doesn't share the same Sadie's garage with, which is something that we've not seen in a really long time. And, uh, you know, Hamilton even did um, a Pirelli test uh, a few weeks ago in Imola, which he volunteered for, which he said, you know, I don't ever volunteer for test days. It's a really great track to test at. And the weather was good. Um, and then said that he planned on being here, here being F1 next year. And I want to help Pirelli creates a better product so perhaps he really is enjoying this battle and he wants to continue on maybe he wanted to just get more time in the car or maybe he's just shutting up the 2022 rumors straight away you know we had it all of the you know the half of 2020 season will Hamilton stay on will he do something else will he just suddenly retire but maybe by saying this I plan on being here next year he's hoping just to shut the media up straight away and uh, so he can focus in on this challenge that he's got but I'm loving it I think it's great it's so refreshing to have two drivers from two different teams both you know incredibly talented drivers I think it's a, a question that we'll talk about later with Max Verstappen he's he's still making little errors here and there but he's generally like polished his driving style so well over the last few years and is actually of that like top tier that he can actually challenge Hamilton and he has a car to do so so for us fans I am thriving I love it <laughs> for a boring for a boring race as well the fact that it still kept the title nice and close and yeah. it's now it's now been a max and Lewis one two in every race either in either order so yes it's very good Finely poised, I think you'd yeah, say. Fingers mm. crossed for the whole year, eh? Yeah. Fingers crossed. You know, it's looking that way at the moment. You do imagine one of the teams will get the upper hand uh, as we head into the second half of the season, perhaps Mercedes. But we don't know because uh, hotter conditions usually suit the Red Bull better. So, you know, we, we could have a, a really interesting fight. I'm hoping so. Um, back to the Lewis of, uh, sort of winning and enjoying the, the racing and stuff. Of course, you know, it's human nature, as Tommy says, you know, you're, you're going to be absolutely over the moon if you win a battle that's so unbelievably close. And it was toing and froing in that race as well, wasn't it? With, uh, you know, the Red Bull looking much better on the mediums and you look, you look, it looked like Max was going to win. And then as soon as they switched over to the hards, Max was nowhere. And uh, let's speak about that other person that was in that battle, Valtteri Bottas. Josh underscore Vocope says or asks, what happened to Bottas in this race? Is he starting to show cracks or is he really just underperforming? What is next for him? As I can't see him staying at Mercedes for the upcoming season with the way he is currently performing. I think that bit's a bit harsh. I think Mercedes are very happy with Bottas if he can just be 10 seconds off the base or whatever. You know, or not 10 seconds, 10 seconds over a race off the pace. But I, 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 it's not a case of saying that Valtteri Bottas is underperforming as such he got, he got in a good lap in q uh, q3 his first run obviously got pole and then that second run where you expected everyone to uh, to improve the wind got up and no one could improve so i feel like bottas was almost slightly out of position being on pole and then he just had a valtteri race in my opinion where he's just a bit slower than hamilton and you could see that because hamilton was all over the back of him until max obviously got past at the safety car restart which was which was a great move and lewis just you know said that he'd looked away from valtteri's car for half a second or a second or whatever it was and he was gone so uh so yeah it was 
really interesting to see see that kind of unfold. Because you did think Bottas, okay, you know, you've got a great start, you're in a good position, but he just had no pace, absolutely no pace. You never see it the other way around, ever really. I can't think of a race where Hamilton was slower than Bottas in a race. Can, no. can you? No, no, it's so true. No, because no, he because he's the one. Yeah, like even if Bottas gets pole like he did, you always feel like Hamilton's going to be. They're the one hunting him down. So you always um, see a Hamilton passing Bottas. I can't remember. I literally no, cannot I think remember we've last had time this Bottas conversation before, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't think it maybe. I'm just reiterating ever so now more races down, and I still don't remember a Bottas overtaking Hamilton. Yeah, I think the problem, the problem is the narrative of Bottas is they've never said he's a number two driver, just a wingman. But well, I guess I guess Toto did say he was a wingman, but realistically. He kind of is, and it, it's interesting how the the narrative, like you say, of Bottas, you, you get this race where he's been on pole, beaten Lewis Hamilton, who's statistically the greatest qualifier of all time in Formula One in the in the same car. Yeah, his racing isn't great. We we all know that. Um, his wheel to wheel especially with Verstappen, you know, his defending was very poor. You think that he'd, he'd fight that a bit a bit harder, especially when, as soon as the tyres warmed up, it's so difficult to overtake. But Oh, what, think, you mean when he came out of the pits? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't no, think he defended that. Do you think he was harsh, a sitting duck? His tyres were, were, you know, were not, not up to temperature at all because of the durability of the, the Pirellis throughout this weekend. You know, they were the hardest of the three compounds. I just thought he might hearts. at least kind of really cover the inside and go... I think he tried to, but you could just see that he literally just slid. Just had nothing. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and Max got the undercut. But but yeah, I mean, Bottas could have done better maybe at the end of his stint to have a bigger gap, but yeah. Yeah, but but what I'm trying to say is I don't feel like he gets enough credit personally. If you if you look at him as a number two driver, which maybe this is just because I see him as like, and, and you've got to admit Lewis Hamilton is the same. He, he doesn't, he sees Max as the challenger, not Bottas. Even though Bottas in his head obviously has to say, I want to win the world championship. He's a solid driver for Mercedes. If you look at someone like Perez, I know he's new um, and in that car, but an experienced driver like Perez is now in that second driver's seat in a, in a top team. And he drops back into the clutches of the midfield, isn't really close to his teammate like Bottas was, and then somehow wins driver of the day, um, which I personally feel like was a joke. Yes, his tyre his tire management was really good, but... You know, he's he's kind of way off his teammate there. And you, you've got to admit, forth, you've got to think, forth. would Bottas have, like, what would the narrative have been if Bottas has had that race that Prez had where he qualifies fourth, he's absolutely nowhere near Hamilton, he drops back behind Lando at the start, then, you know, is on a different strategy. Um, I think it's not it's not a spectacular drive from Bottas, but... For me, that that kind of drive just adds to the reasons why I think they'll keep him because Agreed. he he's he's not gonna smash into Hamilton like he he Hamilton you know when Hamilton overtook him he pushed it a little bit but didn't take any unnecessarily risks where um, you've got to you've got to think maybe other drivers if they did put again like a a Max or a Russell or a someone like that that wants to win and doesn't want to be Hamilton's number two teammate would would probably race Lewis a lot harder there, and there's the potential for them to crash into each other, and they've got another whole Rosberg situation. So, mm. I think I think Bottas has been pretty solid apart from Imola, and is doing exactly what Mercedes need him to do personally. 
Yeah, I think Mercedes have been properly scarred after the Hamilton Rosberg drama of 2016. And I mean, if you look at how Bottas is getting on as a, a second driver, if you want to call him that, a wingman, you know, look at, for example, Alex Albon at Red Bull last year. I know he's more inexperienced than Bottas was. But if you're looking at the results that Verstappen was achieving and then what Albon was achieving, that was uh, a not a good uh, thing for Albon. And, you know, as a result, he was dropped from his seat, which... I don't think it's fair to compare Bottas to somebody like that because he's consistently getting those points, ending up on the podium. And like Tommy said, he's not going to, well, as far as we're aware, he's not going to just suddenly have a meltdown on track and take out Hamilton and they'll have a big issue. He's fairly cool and calm. And I don't know if that's because he's a finished driver and that's just the way their mindsets are. But um, yeah, I think it, it's important to stress that I, I don't think Bottas is a terrible driver. It's very easy to critique him because he's up against somebody like Hamilton, who, like I've said, Hamilton is like a god tier, isn't he, of a driver. And that Valtteri just isn't at that point. Like Hamilton just has has the minerals, as, as Matt says often, that um, he's just better. Like that's that's just my opinion, I think. It's just everyone's opinion. I was gonna say, can I say it's fact? I mean, he's got yeah. kind of enough yeah, wins yeah. and stuff like that, but don't get me wrong, I think he has his moments, Bottas, like getting pole this weekend. You know, he beat Hamilton fair and square when it came to qualifying. But um, perhaps maybe it's the years of going up against Hamilton, it's beginning to take his toll, but I mean. As, a, as that wingman position, I know he said he doesn't like being called it or being called a number two driver, but it must take insane mental strength to turn up to work every day and think, I am better than Lewis Hamilton, when we all know what a phenomenal driver Lewis Hamilton is, and then doing your job and you still lose to him every single time near enough. Like, that can't be easy on a driver's mental uh, yeah you know strength and stuff like that so it's, it's tough but definitely we'll, I mean, we'll, stays. we'll get the 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 mini violins out for, for Bottas I'm sure you know it's not the worst job in the world is it to drive the best car on the grid and uh and, and I think on the counter argument to Bottas you know being a good fit for Mercedes is the fact that the only team that can challenge Mercedes are Red Bull if there were three or four teams in the mix and Bottas is finishing at the end of that train sixth seventh eighth then you've got a problem. You know, Alex Albon was maybe three, four tenths off Verstappen, but Red Bull didn't have that buffer to the rest of the midfield. So then he would fall into the clutches and, you know, sometimes get caught out by that. So for now, Mercedes are fine with Bottas because, you know, that they have that, that leeway, that buffer. But I wonder if, you know, the new race coming in next year, you know, fingers crossed, the, the field becomes a lot closer, even though the field is quite close as it is. Um, and then, you know, maybe then they have to have discussions as whether Bottas is good enough. But but right now, yeah, he's the perfect fit. Anyway, moving on. Uh, my three-word race review. A different Max. So what I mean by this, uh, and I'm going to say this very carefully because because I've Dutch got my fans are scary, <laughs> uh, as, well as, as well as you, Tommy. Um, yeah, well, I think we're seeing a slightly different Max this year. And I think I may have said it in the, in the podcast leading up to this season or, or, or I don't know, it may be in my own head. But either way, I thought that maybe we would see a different Max where finally he believes he can win the world title. He has never thought that before. He thought, OK, maybe I can win a race. Maybe I can get a podium. But he's never believed deep down that he can win the world title until this year. And now I feel like it's starting to boil over just a tiny bit. I'm not saying that he's driving badly or anything like that. But there's mistakes that we don't usually see or haven't seen from Max when he's in that less 
pressurized situation of you know being in the Red Bull and fighting the Mercedes, but knowing that at the end of the day, if he doesn't win the race, Red Bull will be like, yeah, it's fine, don't worry about it. Whereas now, you know, he made that that error in qualifying, which would have got him pole position, track limits uh, deleted. So then he started third, and he obviously knew that because you could see you know he's pushing the camera away and things like that. You know, you don't see that from Max really that often. And it's quite clear that he's quite a fiery individual. And then, of course, you had the, that one mistake. And, of course, you know, I'm talking about the tiniest mistakes. I'm not saying I can do better, but I'm not an F1 driver. I'm an F1 fan talking about some, an F1 driver's performance. And, you know, he made that mistake round turn 14. And Hamilton got him. You know, and that was it. You know, and, and these small errors are what add up over the course of a season. Of course, he was amazing in Imola. I'm not saying he's doing it over the course of the whole season. But, like, he should have won in Bahrain, potentially, if he had judged the move with Hamilton better or maybe taken a bit more of a measured approach. I don't think Hamilton, for example, goes for that move on Verstappen around the outside at Bahrain if it's if roles are reversed. And again, with this, I feel like it's just, yeah, it's just starting to get away from him a little bit. And I feel like he has to just kind of bring it back a little bit, rein it back and go, look, okay, this Red Bull is amazing. Not every weekend is going to go to plan. If I'm a faster car, just, just rein it in just that little bit like Lewis does, you know, and that's, that's what I think anyway. Yeah, I think he, it, it sounded from from what I heard, the race was kind of lost almost in qualifying because he obviously had the track limits problem in qualifying as well. And that lap would have put in pole. And then from what I read, it sounds like Red Bull had the car set up to be leading from the front from pole. And you could see that, you know, even when he was behind Bottas, he could just not get, anywhere near him and it almost felt like a reversal of normal where the it used to be the mercedes couldn't follow wasn't it that as soon as mercedes got behind another car because they know they're going to be on pole every race and just go off in the distance and it looked like that red bull could just not follow uh behind you know another car so i saw i saw rosberg have this opinion as well and he's not he's not scared of a little spicy opinion where he kind of said we're starting to see these small uh, mistakes from max and we had a few questions on it as well um it's a difficult one though because you because you can argue that if hamilton wasn't yes i, I mean yes he was lucky wasn't he hamilton in in imola that the red flag came out when it did that if hamilton had gone off in Imola, and we didn't have that red flag, Max would be leading the title by 20 points or whatever, and then maybe these wouldn't feel so significant. But that's the problem. He probably has made a lot of these silly errors before where he's gone off the track, and but now it's in a title fight, and especially against someone like Lewis Hamilton, he has to be absolutely faultless. And rather than it being like, oh, sorry, you know, you missed out on challenging Bottas for for p2 this week um and it's the difference between second and third the way this title is going it could be the the championship just running wide and missing out on a pole position because it could the way it's going it could come down to two or three points yeah it's uh it's certainly going to be really interesting to see how it all unfolds i mean like max uh you know lewis and max both make mistakes they both have weaknesses 
Um, but I think Lewis has just had more time in his F1 career to iron out those weaknesses and try and improve them and make himself a better driver. We've got to remember that Max is only 23 and Hamilton is 36. You know, obviously Hamilton has been in F1 since 2007, Max 2015. So um, it will be really intriguing to see how Max can take this um, idea of being able to win a, a world championship this year like Matt said this is kind of the first year he's ever really had it where he's come into a season and there is a really really strong possibility that he could be lifting that world championship trophy at the end of the year so I think we'll see how he gets on but um, yeah what we don't want to do is see him like like Matt said boiling over and having the stress get to him too much. Yeah, the question came in from at Seb Five is back. It's pretty much what we've just covered. And then said at the end, what's your opinions? Is he ready? Now, I've obviously mentioned that he has made mistakes. He is definitely ready to take the title fight to, to Lewis. We've seen that in Imola. You know, that was an unbelievable drive from him. A gr an amazing start. He took the lead uh, in, in really tricky conditions. And Lewis has made mistakes. You know, we're not saying that Lewis is faultless by any stretch. And as we, yeah, we've already mentioned, he is very fortunate to be leading the championship. But that's just the way a whole world championship works. You have moments of fortune and misfortune. And, you know, you, you get to the end of the 23 races and we may be looking back and going, well, you know, that, that extension there or that mistake out of turn 14, whatever, may have cost him that two, three points, whatever, a sprint qualifying win potentially um so you know that sort of stuff so obviously we're only three races in so let's not get ahead of ourselves but at yeah. the same time we know that this or we hope deep down that it's going to go to the wire and that's why we're taking all these little incidents so seriously yeah i think helmet marco said didn't he that max is now and he wasn't saying it as as the kind of side of max has bottled it more just it's very unlucky because track limits is very difficult we saw um, I think Lando Norris said after Imola that it's not as easy as you think to just stay on the track because you're pushing and these cars are so unbelievably quick. They're taking corners and it's it can be the tiniest. I mean, a lot of the, the cars in this race, um, the wind played such a, it sounds such a pathetic thing <laughs> when you're driving a Formula One car around, but the wind can have such a, a huge effect. Wind. Yeah, exactly. But Nico Rosberg, USA. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But the, these it's such fine margins and Lando, I think we're saying it is, is really difficult sometimes to, you know, not go off ever so slightly and you get your pen, like your lap taken away or penalized. And Max has now had essentially a win cost through track limits because of the Hamilton thing going around the outside of him. His fastest lap got done for track limits, which is a point and is arguably the pole position for track limits as well. So, they have really been screwed over by this track limits rule, which you could argue was put in because people weren't happy with Hamilton cutting the track in Bahrain. And they're like, right, we need, if you go off the track, you're penalized. And it's, if anything, it's hurt Max the most. Um, but yeah, we just, it's, it's three races. I, I feel like, like you've, we've, we've both said that at the end of the day, Max is his first ever time going into a championship fight how many how many championship fights has uh hamilton had so he knows how to to deal with it and you look at uh some some of hamilton's championship fights even when he'd won the championship um still made plenty of mistakes in like 2010 and 2012 that could have you know cost him there so you've got to give the benefit of the doubt uh to max i think but yeah i'm just excited for this season i hope it lasts all season because 
<laughs> especially with, especially with Max, I think he will. It, one decision, Max isn't going to hold back, is he? He's he's gonna he he could expect. I mean, if if he's pushing the camera away after qualifying third, when he could have got pole, imagine you know a real bit of controversy if he gets taken out in a race or something. It's gonna. I can't wait. We interrupt this WTF one podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, Manscaped. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. This comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. With a perfect package or performance package purchase, you get two free gifts, the shed travel bag and the patented high performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxes. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code WTF1. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Katie, your three-word race review. My three-word race review is Ocon Exceeds Expectations. Wow, you did one about Ooh, Ocon. Okay. I did, All yes. right. Good old so, Esteban. Yeah, exactly. Tommy's, Tommy's there like, oh, God. Oh, God. He's, I, no, no, no. I'm you not. said Alonso was going to smash him. Oh, I thought you were on about, like, me, like, being a Verstappen fan. Cause no, 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 no. The no, narrative no. of, like, Ocon people. No, start of the like season, Alonso's going to smash Ocon. I oh, know. I'm feeling a little bit more worried. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Carry on, Katie. It's, it's great. But, yeah, obviously, Alpine um, had some incredible pace this weekend, which sort of came out of nowhere. And both drivers were like, we're not really too sure where this pace came from, but we'll take it. Um, but, yeah, in terms of uh, Esteban Ocon, this is now the third race in a row in which he has beaten his experienced teammate, Fernando Alonso. Uh, uh, <laughs> Tommy, just... Uh, I thought it was two... No, Alonso out-qualified him. In, uh, in the race. So oh, yeah, sorry. Alonso's okay. out qualified him yeah, yeah. Um, once. Yeah, because the race is more yeah. important than qualifying, Tommy. I don't know. Uh, no, it's not. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, in FP3 this weekend, Esteban finished fifth, which is great. Qualified in sixth ahead of Lando Norris in a McLaren, and then finished the race in seventh, which is a solid result. Um, so yeah, I think. Well, as as we said at the beginning of the season, my unpopular opinion or my spicy take or whatever you want to call it was that Ocon would beat Alonso. And I got absolutely wrecked in the comments of people being like, you don't know what you're talking about. And uh, we made this bet. And, uh... back. That's not a good idea, Katie. Don't. Oh, OK. I'm really <laughs> sorry. I take you the it next back. time you're wrong. <laughs> just, just take it and move on. <laughs> yeah, I'll be really humble. So, uh, yeah, well done, Esteban. That's yeah. my point. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, Esteban had a great weekend, didn't he? Um, he did. Alpine were generally really quick. Alonso didn't make the most of it in qualifying, finished you know, 13th, I think it was, on the grid uh, for, for the race. So, And Fernando obviously showed that the pace was there in his car as well because he got up into the points. But Ocon, yeah, had a great race. Got beaten by Lando at the start, didn't he? Um, but overall, and I think Ocon did fall back a little bit, didn't he? He had to get past the, the Ferraris. and So, yeah, it was, it was weird because the midfield just changed. You know, we kind of thought we had a good idea of who was going to be sort of the, the lead pack of that. And then Alpine just went from, you know, struggling to get out of Q1 to being like, hey guys, we're, we're Q3 and we're coming for points. So, you know, when that happens, everybody else just goes down a little bit. And then all of a sudden Ferrari aren't having a great, as great of a weekend unless, you know, Charles Leclerc had, had an okay one apart from qualifying. But overall, it's just constantly jiggling around, isn't it? Which is which is just how we like the, the midfield, really. Is it Formula 1.5? <laughs> uh, Federoso17355 says, could Ocon ever get in a, in a Mercedes? No. 
No, I don't think so. Uh, as much as I love Esteban, I just feel like there's other alternatives. Maybe later down the line, if he really does prove himself, but I can't really jump on the bandwagon. As much as I felt like Ocon would do okay against Alonso this this year, I don't feel like he's got enough under his belt to start yeah. staking a claim at Mercedes. It feels it feels like that ship has sailed a bit because it's important to remember. It's almost maybe new fans won't even know this, but Ocon at one point was what George Russell is now. Everyone's saying that this is the Mercedes next talent. Yeah, he he won um, the Formula 3 championship against the likes of Verstappen. And yeah, he was, you know, incredible in his first year in Force India, as it was, was then. And yeah, people were saying, you had the argument of like we do now, uh, where... Bottas has one bad race and everyone's like, oh, he should be replaced. And that used to be Ocon. People saying, oh, get Ocon in the, you know, get Ocon in the car. And um, he's had a, yeah, amazing race. And if he beats, I'm hard, I'm still not a hundred percent sure. Um, I'm not, I'm not writing off Alonso because it seems like everyone is struggling in the, in the new teams and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Alpine were looking very good very good this race yeah i should probably go back and say like i'm not hating on fernando alonso i think he did a great job no no. (laughs) backtrack backtrack now (laughs) (laughs) he did a great result and like we say he's been away from formula one for a long time but um i was just impressed with ocon but yeah ocon's previously been a mercedes reserve driver obviously when he had that period of not being in formula one when he uh, wasn't with racing point or force india whatever they were called back then um, and he was managed by Toto Wolf. So it's a relationship that it's not just something that fans have just picked up and like started to run with. Like it, they've previously been um, working alongside each other. And, you know, Toto was, was partly responsible for getting him that Renault now Alpine seat. So it, it's possible. I mean, when I searched it up, there is chatter that Lewis and Valtteri could be fighting Ocon and Russell for the Mercedes seat next year. That's apparently a quote from Toto Wolf. However, I couldn't find anything from a reliable source. So I'm not sure if it's literally just like some fan has made this quote up and it's like circulated and stuff, which is often what happens. Sorry, to but repeat that again, Katie? That Lewis, the Lewis and Valtteri could be fighting Ocon and Russell for the Mercedes seats <laughs> next year. So, so Ocon's still on their radar, then? Well, this is what this, I'm thinking. What, uh, can't, I thought they yeah. would have been like Bon Voyage and said so goodbye Lewis when he went Valtteri to Renault. Lewis and are fighting Esteban <laughs> and George for the seat. That's you mean just, uh, Bottas? As in, it must be a case yeah. of if Lewis or Valtteri decide to hang up their boots. I can't yeah. imagine Mercedes are ever going to no. replace them, right? So, yeah, maybe there's slight... I don't know, miswording with that quote or whatever in terms of translation or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> seems a bit odd to be saying that they're fighting against Lewis and Valtteri for the seat. But yes. who knows? We're, we're not the ones behind the scenes. Um, back to Alpine. Uh, Wicked Badman won. Great name. <laughs> Are Alpine becoming a threat to McLaren and Ferrari or was this a one-off race? Portimao is a very unique track. You know, it's low grip. It's a roller coaster. and Undulation. <laughs> it's got a lot of bumps and ups and downs um but yeah, and a swimming pool I, I, exactly <laughs> I, I feel like maybe we've learned that alpine are good around low grip tracks maybe when we go to turkey maybe there won't be as much grip there again but yeah it's difficult to get any sort of representation from this race i think if anything we take the first two and alpine maybe i imagine will slot back in onto the sort of coattails of the points 
uh, and McLaren and Ferrari would be the standout two again. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, the midfield again, like last year, feels like it's going to change every single race. It, for for me, I'd be surprised if Alpine are up there again. Um, it did seem track dependent. Yes, they have bought upgrades, and there was uh, one of the um, team members from Alpine was saying, you know, well, we've improved uh, from Bahrain to Imola and improved again. Um, we 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 don't know. The, the midfield's so tight that I think just different tracks will suit different cars, and that's what we loved about last year because that's what got us so many different podium finishes because the midfield was mixing it up every single race. So, yeah, it's very hard to tell, uh, but as a bad prediction that would age badly, I'd, I'd be surprised if they were up there as as much as they were um, yeah. for this track because it is such a bizarre track, isn't it? It is rather, rather odd. Yeah, I think it's it's likely to be not necessarily a one-off, but don't expect them to be doing the same in Spain, which is probably going to age really badly, but hey-ho. Alonso victory incoming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, Ocon did beat Ricardo here last year, so maybe it's just a track that he's more happy with and, and likes it. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Formula 1.5, is that what it's called, that you yep. call it? Yeah. Yep. How that shapes up for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's Formula 1.25, I feel like. They're kind of getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer every single time, especially McLaren, <laughs> uh, although maybe uh, Lando was good. Anyway, uh, Portimao, yay or nay? Let's talk about the circuit itself. Are we... Uh, a fan or not? Ten, Ian? Is that Ian or Lan? I don't know. I'm going to go with Ian. Ten, Ian. Muck. Ten. Is it possible to keep this circuit on the calendar for upcoming seasons? I, I, I like Portimao, but I wouldn't miss it if it left. That's that's kind of my opinion. I feel like we've had two very crazy starts to the race, and it's better than Spain. So if we're going to choose between Portimao and Spain, then uh, goodbye, Spain. But yeah, I think uh, I think generally speaking, it's not a worldy of a track. You know, it's it's not grippy, and the drivers make mistakes and stuff. But it doesn't blow me away. Uh, you know, the, the low grip part element of it is what's made it these last two races quite interesting. Hmm. It's it's really hard to judge bad races these days because the cars are absolutely abysmal at overtaking. Um, I know that. I know. I know that we said. Um, Oh, do they really need to change the rules? But this race definitely made me think, yeah, they probably do. Even even though we're obviously loving the fight, it's still very much you can't get within uh, a decent amount. And they well, even with this did track, they changed sorry, the DRS zone, didn't they? This, they did. This, yeah, so they, they shortened, they shortened yeah. it by 165 meters, I think it was. So, yeah. and also the fact is that this track almost allows different lines as well. So you can almost you can get rid of some of that wake from the, the car in front so in that sense it's quite cool that you can have a different racing line but yet still they couldn't really get that close because of yeah exactly and the and the drs zone while you had uh last year it almost seemed too easy didn't it this year maybe just about right but it but it was also like it, it just depends from you know different situations and who's who's behind who because hamilton made light work of it but then you know Verstappen just couldn't get around that final corner without losing the car because the the dirty air was just too much so it's one of those things where I'd like to see it with the newer cars um because it is very hard to judge 
these new tracks because uh, and just generally tracks now because these cars are probably the worst in history for for overtaking and stuff um but i doubt i doubt we'll see it again personally because it, it does seem like it's a, a like a filler track just to help out with the the covid situation when tracks drop off the calendar so my first WTF1 podcast I did last year was actually for the Portugal race review. And my three-word race review was make Portugal permanent. And, <laughs> and I I'm, bet we were all like, yeah, it was amazing. It was we love wicked. it. And now yeah. we're like, oh, that's a bit rubbish. <laughs> we can so, never be pleased. Exactly what we, no. did with we, exactly what we did with Imola when it was a wet race last week. We were like, oh, Imola's actually really good, isn't it? Yeah. No, nah, I said it'd still be rubbish if it was dry. <laughs> Mm, okay but uh yeah I think it seems unlikely that it will be back on the calendar especially in like a permanent slot we might see it again for like a one-off if you know heaven forbid Covid doesn't die down and go away and calendars continue to be disrupted over the next few years we could well be back in Portugal but um F1 as we well know goes where the money is and unfortunately the money the, mo- the, money, the, money, the money the money the money is not with Portugal it's not really a circuit that's got tons of cash money lying around and uh <laughs> that's my kind of phrase yeah I'm speaking the lingo yeah minerals Um, cash money (laughs) we've done like a freaky Friday kind of thing here (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um I'd like to go and watch maybe MotoGP around Portimao but we're not on a MotoGP podcast we're on an F1 podcast so how dare you say that oh I'll I'll say Formula E MotoGP oh my oh my god I'm gonna get kicked off I'm only kidding (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see Portimao again. But, uh, you know, if F1, Max for example, decide to... Yeah. yeah, Max will be very pleased. But I think also if F1 decide to do this sort of random track that they pop into a calendar and that sort of stuff, you know, we might see it that way as well. Uh, right, moving on to <laughs> underdog of the... Sorry, driver of the day um, was uh, Perez, which I think we should call underdog of the day because that's all this award is. It's never driver of the day or it's who's done a, a performance that we didn't really expect and everyone was thinking Perez wouldn't be on the pace or I don't, I don't know. I, it's, it's very confusing to me that Perez was given driver of the day when he started fourth, went backwards, got back to fourth, went backwards again, got back to fourth, had okay pace. Don't get me His wrong. tyre management was really good, but is, mm. that, is that really worthy it's, of driver of the day? Yeah, I mean that's what Perez is known for. And yes, okay, he you know he, he was he was kept out on the mediums for God knows how long because Red Bull were clearly throwing a card of can you hold up Hamilton for a lap. But apart from that, like it was I I it was mad. I almost thought it was going to be uh, the I I would have yeah I was absolutely convinced that Daniel Ricciardo would win it and get the the classic driver of the day where it's qualifies absolutely abysmal and then finishes in in the points where he should be in that car and then gets driver of the day because that's the the people are for me this is just more proof that it is absolutely impossible for Lewis Hamilton to win driver of the day (laughs) when he goes from third is the only guy that can overtake passes the two other quickest cars to win the race and then 
still doesn't get drive for a third. Did he get second sure. or third? Because usually that graphic comes up. I don't know. If I don't well, actually this is the know. Thing. Uh, this is, is this... why I think it was a bit sus that we didn't have the driver of the day percentage graph pop up oh, during the course. race. Yes, I, I feel that there might be mm, some foul play and people voting for a certain driver on the grid. Obviously, I'm not saying this is necessarily true. This is just my my feeling, but um, that people were voting for somebody uh for driver for, of the for day. a meme basically for a meme and uh they so were like that's out. not going to happen so they just went with perez or whoever was in second it's happened oh. before hasn't it because i think it has. Harianto, Hulk- uh <laughs> Harianto won driver of the day got pretty much the whole of indonesia to vote for him uh <laughs> and won by like 99 percent. and then they were like we can't really give that him for I can't even remember where he finished. They like did it with Hulkenberg as well when he came back last year for the. Uh, where was it? Was it Silverstone that he oh, came when back he was for? In the pit, when he was in the pit. Yeah, he didn't even make it. He got driver of the day, and I think they had to be like, mm, we can't allow that guy. Sorry. D- didn't Verstappen as well just win every single driver of the day for a while? And then he won driver of the day at USA when he conked out and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Well, let's just let's let's say this if, if Verstappen had done what Hamilton did where he was third, overtook Bartas and Hamilton and won the race, he'd have been a easily driver of the day injury not yeah exactly Mm. so it's just yeah people don't want it's amazing that that is considered a boring race and a boring win and it kind of just says a lot about hamilton if anything that 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 kind of drive from a lot of other people would be just a bit meh i don't want to label that race as boring it wasn't boring no you know people jumping on this boring bandwagon just because we had imola with crazy rain and all that stuff if that was the most boring boring, if that's the most boring race of the season i would take it we literally had a round the outside move for the Mm. lead from lewis hamilton which was scintillating by the way like it was such a good move and of course bottas you know could have made it a little bit harder potentially if he you know wasn't in the mercedes but generally speaking like that was awesome. You know, the fact we had a fight, we literally had an on-track overtake for the win and uh, overtakes within the top three. I'll take it. Yeah, you know, I know that the whole thing wasn't chaos, but as a race, you know, that's a six, six, seven out of ten, maybe seven out, seven point five, whatever. I'm not gonna put a number yeah. to it because people's ratings go like, "What you can't?" Because in my head, ten don't exist. Anyway, moving on. Driver of the day was Perez. Uh, yeah, rubbish. Uh, but it was <laughs> BYD Rob, do you think Perez was given the best possible strategy that worked for Red Bull? Can't decide if leaving him out for so long was utterly brilliant or just set him up for no better than the P4 finish. Great drive from him, though. I think he was set up for a P4 finish after his start. And (laughs) that's it. You know, Red Bull, they can do whatever they want with him. Maybe they were hoping for some sort of safety car because if they had a safety car, I'd imagine everybody would have dived in for softs with 20 laps to go. So leave Perez out, whack some softs on, and you're leading the race if it's a safety car. So... For me, I feel like it was just leave him out there, make him do what he's good at doing, which is tire saving. His pace was decent, but P4, he was done for as soon as not, uh, not, no signs got through on him. Uh, and then Norris got through on him as well. So and, but apparently Lando's move was a bit illegal, which uh, I heard, but nothing. Yeah, I saw that. that. Well, midfield doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Even P4's like, nah, 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 nah. Just, just yeah. the podium places. Max just have him run wide on his fastest lap. Within three seconds, they've deleted it. Literally Lando half a millimeter over. Deleted. Makes an overtake. Oh, it's fine. He's in the midfield. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Perez. Perez is it, totally agree. It, they had to do something. It was one of those situations where, at the end of the day, he's P4 if he does a normal strategy. So why not try? Hope for a safety car, and then maybe you're ahead of. Well, you you could be leading the race or even ahead of Max and Bottas. So it's worth 
worth the gamble. Obviously, Perez being the tire god that he is, um, could allow that strategy to happen. So I guess that's why people liked it. You know, uh, just to say that science's pace was absolutely horrendous on the mediums, and he Perez managed to make them last that long was was impressive. But it was worth taking a risk um, at the end of the day because even if they'd have pitted him and he had the pace to catch Valtteri, you could see that it, the the pace and the the inability to overtake was not not there so you might as well just risk something I, I think the the main thing is going to be interesting to see whether in a normal if that keeps happening even when Perez is there because they kind of did it with Albon last year didn't they where Red Bull would put him on these crazy strategies <laughs> but he wasn't actually there mm. um it'd be interesting to see if they I would be a bit miffed if it keeps happening when maybe Perez is only a couple of seconds behind Verstappen and they start putting him on these ridiculous strategies. I don't think they would. I don't think they would. That just doesn't make sense. It makes perfect sense to do what they did with Perez in this race. Because you say... Yeah, exactly. The only way they win a race with Perez is a safety car. And also, people will say, oh, it's it's there to... you You know, even if he did hold up Hamilton a bit and Max could catch up and win the race and people would be like oh well Prez is just playing for Max like that's still more constructors championship points for the team so it makes sense a bit yeah I think I'm just going to echo what you guys said if I elaborate on it but yeah 52 laps on those tyres from Checo was an, a really impressive thing to do like you say especially when you saw Science just absolutely wounded out there on track with those tyres he was really struggling um, but yeah not my driver of the day Lance Stroll sat there doing like 35 laps on the softs. Like, where's my, where's my shout out? Yeah, you know? come on, guys. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. Ocon last year, didn't he do like upwards of 50-odd laps on the on the mediums or hards, whatever it was. Uh, so, yeah, there's more than one tyre god out there, but apparently Perez is the driver of the day god as well as the tyre god. Um, ABCDEF1, it's time to play the jingle. And that was time on perfect brilliant lovely uh here we go then let's dive into our rankings let's start with hamilton as well a star to start with an yeah. easy grade yeah even though he was out qualified his race was so good and yeah it's, only it's a low a star I and mean, he's only he was only out qualified by seven thousandths of a second wasn't he so yeah exactly and he made the difference in the race so yeah a star definitely a star as well and the fans give it a star. We're all together, happy, lovely. Yeah. Bottas, of course, got qualifying or pole, but was a bit mediocre in the race. I think that deserves a B. Same, yeah. Solid, great quality met in the race. E. Yeah, I think he had exhaust sensor issues, which, you know, ultimately ultimately led him to losing about five seconds. But just in looking at the whole grand scheme of the race, five seconds wasn't much when he was like, what was it, 30 seconds behind Verstappen at one point or something like that. So, yeah, probably a B. Sorry, Bottas. I'm sure he is an avid listener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and the fans gave Bottas a B as well. Uh, Verstappen. Yep, so he did He did things. He messed up quali, but then got past Hamilton, then made that mistake, then got past Bottas, finished P2. Oh. I'm struggling with this one. Mm. because I, I feel th- like it's a... It's it's and he's in the best dish car. You'd have to say that. 
I don't know. The turntable. Difficult to say whether he's in the best car or not. Yeah, it is because Verstappen like the said that were really good. Wasn't yeah, it? Verstappen said that Mercedes were the better car. This, of course, he would. <laughs> like, yeah. but then you know, I'm kind of trying to take these these this evidence because he's the only one that drives the car apart from Perez, but Perez was nowhere. So, it's... I don't feel like I could rate him the same as Bottas, though. But mm-hmm. I guess you can't give we can't give high Bs and low As. But <laughs> no, we can't. It's to... very borderline AB. Part of me wants to give him a B because my argument in the last time for giving Hamilton a B was that it was a race that he should have won and didn't win. Um, but I don't feel like that was as clear cut. So I'm going I with th- B because yeah. he messed I'm up quality with, as well. I'm going with A. Mm, I'll go with A, I think. is He said it's the best he could have done, which obviously he's going to say, isn't he? But Rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> I think comparing how I've ranked other people... I'll give him a name. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to do it. Yeah, the pace to get people. pole gets P3 and then doesn't win the race. Well, all right, no, it's, it's a very high B for me, but I can't give high Bs. I have to give a B. So it doesn't matter. Verstappen gets an A and the fans give him an A too. So I look forward to the comments. Uh, Perez. <laughs> Perez, Perez, Perez. I think it's just a B performance. He had good pace, did well on the the tyres, but nothing outstanding, certainly not driver of the day. And I think it was, yeah, a B performance. Yeah, B, solid. Yeah, going for a B as well. And the fans give him a B. Right, Lando Norris. I know, Lando Norris. uh, He was very good. If He started seventh, finished fifth, and he's just on his absolute A game, and I'm going to give him an A because I think that was a really good performance from him. He's got confidence. He's beating Ricardo week in, week out. What more can you, you really ask from him? Yeah, agreed. Got... But then the people are going, but why not give him a nice start? Because it's not... Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's reserved for podiums and things, isn't it? When he <laughs> um, does something unbelievable. But I guess that's that's to his credit, almost, that, that sounds a really weird thing to say, but it's his credit that you almost expect it from... Lando. Yeah. Now this year he's been so so good. So it's just a really good drive with an A. But then I gave Verstappen an A. And... No. no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you about to? A. No. You about no, to change Max's grade? No, it's an A. A for yeah. Norris. Yeah. I've gone for an A. You know, this is his third consecutive result in the top five, which is pretty outstanding. And he's and third he's... in the championship. He's beating Bottas. He in a McLaren. Really impressive after That's three races. Amazing, isn't it? Um, okay. And the fans gave him an A as well. Danny Rick. Danny Rick, rubbish qualifying, got up into the points. It's now this for me is borderline BC, just mm. purely because his qualifying was horrendous and Norris clearly showed the pace of that car. But no, he did have a good race, to be fair to him. And, you know, it, he kind of kept hitting runs of form and it was toing and throwing. One minute he was getting through the field and I thought maybe he could finish like seventh or eighth. And then he was kind of falling back again and getting overtaken, I think it was by Gasly. But I think it's a B. I've gone for C just because I think his qualifying was so poor. And yeah, he made his way through the field, but he shouldn't have been down there in that car anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I've gone for a C. For God's sake, as soon as I'm nice, you two are like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like Tommy said, he shouldn't have been there. Like, it's all very well saying, oh, he fought his way up the grid. He shouldn't have been there in the first place to be in that position to fight up the grid. He should have been in the top 10. And see the flames. I'm just annoyed. Coming out your ears, (laughs) Katie. This is from the Ricardo. Fan girl. Mm. <laughs> okay, good, well, I've been over overridden, and uh, it's uh, a C for Ricardo. The fans gave him a B. 
So the fans are on my side. Charles <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leclerc. We are going to get where well, he had a poor qualifying. He ended up beating his teammate, didn't he? Finished P6. Uh, I think that that gives a, a B. A B. Yeah, I've gone for B. It's six. That's a good good result. It was yeah, a good drive. For Ferrari, I think sixth is... They'll take that, especially with... Carlos just absolutely falling off at the end. But yeah, Leclerc said that the Ferrari were really struggling on mediums this weekend. They don't know why. But I mean, Charles Leclerc is very self-critical anyway. Like anytime he just doesn't do anything that he's happy with, he's um, really beating himself up in the media pen. But I still think P6 is a great result for Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's decent. Um, I guess because there wasn't much chaos out in front, Mm. fifth was the best. And you know, it's second, it's second in Formula One point five. So, yeah, it's not a bad, not a bad result for for Ferrari. Uh, so we're going to go with, give him a B, and uh, the fans gave him a B as well. Carlos Sainz. Well, what a topsy turvy race this man had. Mm. He had uh, such a good start. Started on the softs, got up to fourth, was looking pretty good, and then it just all went downhill from the restart, didn't it? Where he ran wide, got overtaken. I think he locked up, didn't he? And it's just, yeah, it was out of sorts for Carlos. It just shows that he's not up to speed with that that Ferrari over the course of an entire race weekend. You know, he's showing glimpses. And Imola, of course, you know, he finished behind Leclerc, but he had loads of mistakes there, which was, you know, kind of evened out because of the red flag. So I think it's a C for signs. As much as he started in such a great position in P5, he didn't utilise it. Yeah, it's hard to rate science for me because he was screwed over by strategy. It was such a poor call from Ferrari to put him on those mediums when clearly the hards were the way to go to the end but then I guess you, know, you look at someone like Perez that did manage to make them last and go all and the way. Lando so. as well didn't Lando and go soft medium as well so did he okay fair yep. play then all right let's see then <laughs> yeah I've gone I've gone for B but I've said, said the same you know messed over big time by, by pit stops he was one of the first people to pit for a fresh set of tires but they just absolutely fell off and he was literally a wounded car in a wounded car by the end of it because people were just overtaking him easily yeah, the thing is. so sad yeah. Go on, Tommy. <laughs> i was gonna say it wouldn't be a podcast uh complete without me complaining about the q2 tire rule but he <laughs> uh definitely was screwed by that that rule where you know he's qualified extremely well and then has to start on the soft yeah. tires which aren't really the the way to go i mean well, lander made it works so. everyone else is in there but, but it is a different yeah, car though yeah yeah but because uh, leclerc of course went from softs to hards no we didn't went from medium to hards yeah went medium hard sorry because um, yeah leclerc was out wasn't he and yeah no no no. he was no, p8 was... but he managed oh, to okay. he managed he to do it he managed to get through on q2 mediums, mediums so yeah. Uh, which was a stunning result, to be fair, but then just didn't make the most of Q3. Um, yeah, so Sainz C and uh, the fans gave him a C as well. So you're being too nice, Katie. Right. Uh, Sebastian <laughs> Vettel. Well, that looked so promising, didn't it, for a little while? Uh, P10 in qualifying. Oh, Seb's back. Resurgence. And, um, oh, Katie just froze for a second there. I, I thought I'd disconnected. For <laughs> it's a my second. internet Tommy, freak, freaking out that he got into Q3. Tommy wasn't, Tommy wasn't moving as well. So I was like, oh, I'm the one that's disconnected. <laughs> but I just realized Tommy was just really enjoying what I was saying. Um, yeah. So Vettel, of course, was P10, but then was, yeah, it just wasn't particularly great. He, mm-hmm. Aston are just so meh, aren't they? They're, they're, just, they're, just, yeah. they're just, they just, they epitomize midfield, but not not a good midfield the bottom midfield yeah they're just 
<laughs> they're in the worry worrying grade where they're just gonna finish 12th and are we gonna go 13th we really every race and we just go no you see see for both um, i'm giving vettel a c Alpha yeah, I'm 2. Giving, <laughs> yeah exactly i'm giving vettel a c as well overachieved mm. in quality but car's not there and the race didn't seem that great so yeah, now I've gone for C for both Aston boys. Oh, both. Okay, we've yeah. flown straight in. Uh, Sorry. Actually, let's just do that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Vettel and Stroll, C. both C, and the fans give them both a C. Uh, Pierre Gasly, Alpha Tauri, just in general, were dreadful. Not dreadful, yeah. but just weren't... look, if you think how good they looked in Bahrain, where we were hyping them, saying they're yeah. like best of the rest, even up there mm. with McLaren, and they just looked nowhere. Yeah, who were you hyping in Bahrain in particular? There was one driver, was it <laughs> How's he done since? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's start, internet's going to go gonna now. Start painting over my Alphatari wall. <laughs> oh, I love McLaren now. Um, yeah, but back to Gasly. Yeah, Alphatari. I think they were the ones to really suffer from Alpine coming strong. Even Aston Martin with Vettel. You know that sort of stuff. Where all of a sudden we have some midfield runners that we weren't expecting into Q3, for example. And and although Gasly did get through, but Sonoda didn't. And mm. you know they're really struggling with with the car around there. But I, I fully imagine as i said earlier i think that the car at uh, the car the track is a, a very much a one-off with the way in which it's it... really windy i know we said that before yeah. but they they did themselves come out and say that their car is very sensitive to wind. in windy conditions yeah. and everyone was complaining about it all weekend weren't they yeah so i feel like it's a one-off for them they'll sh- you know just brush it off and and go again in spain and they'll have a bit more grip supposedly in spain so well unless it's raining which it might be I've said that now, so it'll be 30 degree heat. <laughs> um, C, so, yeah, C. Gasly, C. C. Yeah. And the fans yeah. gave him a C at Yuki Sonoda. D. Yeah. Easy. D. Easy. Yeah. A D. Uh, just... I know he's, an, I know he's a, like, it shows that you see, like, the other, the newer guys are really struggling against their teammates that have been in the car for a while, but it still just was not a good performance, was it? He was. Yeah, started 14th. You're kind of hoping he'd move up the field, but finished 15th and track limits again. I don't know if he's over, maybe yeah. he's overdriving the car a bit and getting a bit too well, it's weird because he came. Kind is of he... thrilling Bahrain. Maybe he's kind of a bit too excited. And yeah. Yeah, because he came into this weekend saying he was going to take it a bit easier after his mistakes <laughs> in Imola, um, but obviously got his track limits warnings very early on. And, uh, Obviously, didn't. I don't think it equated to a penalty in the end, did it? I don't know. Yeah, he no, kind of behaves himself good. after that, but but generally speaking, yeah, Alpha Tauri and uh, and yeah, Sonoda as well, not not performing. So D and the fans gave him a D. Fernando Alonso, uh, bad qualifying. Where did he finish? Eighth. Eighth, yeah. Eighth. So a very decent drive from Fernando. Um, I think I feel like he was quite um, what's the word? Aggressive, but confident in his moves as well. It was kind of Fernando of the old. We saw a glimpse of it in Bahrain as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really good race from Fernando, I'd say. It was disappointing that he qualified as badly as he did. So I'm sort of leaning towards a high B than a low A. But yeah, I'm going to go with a B for Alonso. Yeah, I've gone with a B as well, even though... Yeah, because I, I, I personally think if he'd have qualified better, he might have even... You know how good he is in the races and been able to pull out these performances. And he, you saw that at the end on the hard tyres. He was really really good at the end but you've got to think that if he'd maybe qualified where Ocon did or if not uh, around there he might have been able to to challenge the likes of Leclerc and Norris maybe because he is that kind of character well I certainly still feel that he is that, that kind of guy so yeah I've gone for B as well 
Yeah, I think it's a high B, definitely. Um, he really impressed me this weekend. I mean, the both Alpine drivers, I think, did the best they could with what they had and really took advantage of the fact that their car was quick this weekend, which is good. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with high B, I think. We can't say that. It's a B for it's Alonso. It's a B. It's a B. <laughs> and the fans gave him an A. So Ooh, uh, wow. they now despise us. That's <laughs> uh, fine. One grade out is fine. Uh, Esteban Ocon, great performance. I think it's a solid A from him. You know, finished P7. He looked strong. Alpine looked good. We've already spoken about him. I think it's an A. Yeah, it's more more like the Ocon that we expected. Yeah, the Ocon from in Force in India F1. days. Yeah, yeah, A, definitely. Katie, a yeah, well. a. Okay, and the fans gave him an A. Kimi Raikkonen drove into the back of his teammate when F. changing something on his steering wheel. Which, well, there's no, no, you can't, yeah, you can't do anything worse than driving into the back of your own teammate when it's like, oh, sorry, mate, I was just, uh, just taking a call, or you know, I was just, I was just a bit distracted. How did what he was in the slipstream of his teammate? He's like, you know, (laughs) one lap now's the time to just change a few settings. It was very odd because I I remember seeing it and going, wow, okay, what's going on over there? Oh, maybe they've, you know, wheel to wheel, bit of wing, whatever. No, just driven straight into the back of. The back of Joe Panazzi, who was very lucky not to get a puncture, but mm. I think the way in which it hit that rear wheel, he was he was lucky. So, uh, Raikkonen and F, the fans gave him an F. Joe C, C, <laughs> don't know. C, <laughs> oh, no, bless him. oh, it's an ongoing it's, joke. I feel so bad. Yeah, because he's just, it's just kind of a bit anonymous. It's hard to know where the alpha. It's hard to know where to play place the alpha for me as mm. well because last year, if Joe Vanazzi's twelfth, you, you're giving him a a B, maybe even an A, because the alpha was absolutely dreadful and it was down with the the hasses, wasn't it, racing and barely getting a point. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the car is a, a lot better and it was just kind of decent, but not not amazing. So, I've gone for C. Okay, C. And the fans gave him a C. Are you happy with that as well, Katie? Yeah, C? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, I'm joking. Uh, George Russell. Well, this was a tale of wow. two halves, qualifying, nearly getting into Q3. And then, I mean, I didn't hear everything in terms of George Russell's race, in terms of was there anything wrong with his car? Was there? The wind. <laughs> no, yeah. just the Williams being dreadful, dreadful in, in dirty air. Because like Horrendous. Yeah, what, uh, what the, they were saying, um, I think Ted Kravitz was saying at the end of the race, that they've built a car in the wind tunnel, which is you know, the best possible car they can build. And, you know, you, we saw George Russell getting 11th almost into Q3. Um, you kind of almost wouldn't be surprised now if there is one, maybe one race this year where he does actually manage to do that. Imagine. But then they just fall back. And he said he said the car was, and Latifi was the same, absolutely undrivable. As soon as they get behind another car, it's undrivable. The, the, the car yeah. cannot follow, which is probably very concerning for George when he's trying to get points. And part of me thinks that if he hears Mr. Saturday one more time, he's going to, it's going to be yeah. starting gonna to get to the point where it's like, sir, stop calling. I would like to be Mr. Saturday. Sunday. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, it's, I mean, we, we kind of predicted this a little bit because William said in preseason testing that their cars will be great in like really tiny, small, like 
windows of yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everything has to be perfect and it'll be all good but i mean that's not how life works i'm afraid william well, that's, that's the thing be... though it would work quite well if they just somehow just absolutely steal an eighth place and then mm. they're buzzing because that's all they they take yeah, four points yeah exactly and then so yeah, the alpha haven't scored any points yet have they say so. no so they're just trying to be alpha and, and obviously has i think sorry, Hass. Hass. No, sorry, no, Hass. yeah yeah not alpha yeah there's, there's no problem i think in uh beating has at this stage um Yes, George Russell. Yeah, I mean, if the car's undriable, I'm just going to give him a C. Yeah, same. It's, it's difficult to, to say. The fact he, he fell like an absolute stone makes me want to give him a D, but really quickly as well. But mm. it's yeah. not, it was, you can't really, you can't really punish yeah, it. just judge it on qualifying. Amazing qualifying. Pace. Yeah. C. So, so C. Yeah. C. Fans gave him a C as well. Latifi, just going to give him a D because mm. it was worse yeah, than Russell. And beaten by Mick Schumacher as well. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Uh, Nikita Mazepin blocked Perez. Minute well, behind Mick Schumacher. Penalty points this weekend. That's that's a surprise. Flags, yeah. Um, the, there's there's something not right with his engineer. I'm just going to say it. That he he. Good job. Huh? He said good job, didn't he, when he let Perez through? <laughs> yeah, but also. Um, they said afterwards that they just didn't tell him that Perez was coming up behind him and weren't. Oh, what? Him. I heard the radio of him saying blue flags, Perez coming. Yeah, up. when he was, oh, was pretty much right behind him. Oh, obviously, see, you saw in, was it practice um, when Mick Schumacher overtook him at one point and uh, Mazepin didn't even know he was alongside him. He was like, whoa, what the hell? You need yeah. to tell me about these things. And he's like, oh, sorry. Um, clearly not a great relationship with him and his engineer there. So, mm. um, yeah. Need to do better as a whole, I yeah. think it has to. Um, it's just been, yeah, not great. So I think Mazepin's performance is kind of like it's D territory. Uh, I'd say E, e. because yeah, actually, because he because of how far off he was. A he was he was a minute Schumacher off. Was, uh, he did do an additional pit stop compared to Schumacher. Well, but... drive better. You know, to, to that's that's yeah. The reason he's done make, the pit make stop. up the time. Unless did he have a puncture or anything? But the thing is, you know, you, ha- you have to make those tires work and not overdrive them, overheat them, and then they just, you know, fall away. So perhaps that's what he did. So yeah, I think okay, E. Yeah. Just to uh, just to clear something up as well, because we had quite a few questions about it. Um, there was a, a team radio going around where someone had uh, played it where Gunther Steiner. And they'd done a very good edit where it was Gunther Steiner from another race where he was shouting at Magnussen. And yes, did you see that? <laughs> but we did that. get quite a few questions thinking it's not that was real. legitimate. So Gunther Steiner didn't tell Mazepin to shut up and then have a go at him after the press thing. That I mean, that would, yeah. I completely missed that. Just watching just, that, I mean, you, you know that's not real. Like, we'll wait for <laughs> to see that on Drive to Survive next year. Yeah, yeah that's, oh, very, no, that was, that's very true. Uh, that's gonna it'll be, be Gunther, uh, Gunther Steiner, Gunther Steiner <laughs> telling like Hamilton to shut up or something. Yeah, it'd, be be... Maz- it'd be Mazepin doing that radio from brazil (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's okay and the fans gave him an f shock um mick schumacher he beat a williams so b for beating a williams yeah yeah b B. and the fans gave him a b as well boom there you go mick that was good that was a good drive yeah it was a good drive Uh, his engineer (laughs) yeah oh my god i love that guy mick you did such a great job i want him to read me a bed Read me a bedtime Red. story. <laughs> it's really relaxing. Do you want him zen. to read for you as well? Red, yeah, read, just yeah. all of it. <laughs> um, moving on. Predictions for Portimao. <laughs> My predictions were Vettel out qualified by Stroll. Damn it! <laughs> <God> <laughs> damn it! 
Uh, I should have just copied and pasted it for next week. <laughs> and Perez out in Q2. God damn it. Wow. Uh, I didn't have any faith. Tommy. Uh, Hamilton dominant win. And Leclerc makes top three in quality. Now, what? Yeah, what do we classify that as? Classify as dominant because yeah. wasn't on pole, wasn't leading. Won by 30 seconds. But yeah, because <laughs> they, <laughs> they stopped. They stopped. Half a point. Cool. I, I will allow half a point. Yeah, yeah. Point. I, I will admit that it's half a point because because I, I that's making it sound like he's you know completely wiped the floor with everyone, which wasn't quite the case. And the Claire top three, no, no. Katie. Well, I've gone Quack. from getting Quack. two points <laughs> last time <laughs> to nil point. I said. This is what happens, Katie, when you don't do, you know, mm. castle race this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I've gone Checo victory, which didn't happen, and then Carlos top five finish, which was looking so good. It was, was and yeah. I think actually I I forgot it to put in qualifying at the end of there, so I'm going to give myself half a point. <laughs> <laughs> I think I it got deleted point. on the Google sheet. Ah, okay. Mm. Half, so, point for you then, half a point for me. <laughs> half a point. Uh, fans, F Glenvik, Bottas wins due to Hamilton DNF. No. Smith, 5 series, 7, 9, 7, 5, 3, 8. Both McLaren in top five. No. Quist, 35. Ferrari will score the most contrast points. No. Okay. No, no points for the fans. Predictions for the Spanish Grand Prix. Mercedes front row lockout. Alpine don't make Q3. Tommy. Really safe prediction. Again, man. Yeah. Oh, um, shut up. <laughs> zero points last time. <laughs> need something. Uh, I'm going to go for Science beats Leclerc in the race. <laughs> <laughs> and Vettel in the points. <laughs> oh dear i've gone for this is finally the race that ricardo beats norris in the race Sorry, <laughs> and i've said prez podium and this is the last time i hype perez up with a good result because i think i'm now reverse jinxing it yeah because it's just as soon as he's out of the points he'll win yeah okay interesting and the fans have gone for arbon elliott has said not alban arbon Hamilton wins by 20 plus seconds. Alex Albon has messaged it. <laughs> Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton, wins wins. <laughs> Hamilton wins by 20 seconds uh, or 20 plus seconds. C underscore McNaughton 17. Both Williams cars will have a Q2 appearance and literally everyone Hambot Ver. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I genuinely was like going through all the predictions and we had God knows what, like 50 replies when I first checked and 40 of them were just hambot there. So <laughs> okay. Literally everyone there. The unpredictable Spanish Grand Prix. Bring <laughs> it on. Amazing stuff. Um okay, well that's it. Uh, Katie, final thoughts. Oh no, oh. dummy first. Um I think <laughs> well, Portugal's gonna look really exciting compared to Spain. <laughs> Boom. I love how you were literally yeah. shocked there. I really was not. I was caught. I was, like, you know, I was just going to, you know, give Tommy a little bit extra to not think of anything and still be like, um, Tommy, final oh, thoughts. I literally have nothing in my brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll just go with what I said earlier, that if that's a, a boring race that we're all falling asleep for and snoozing and it keeps the title fight nice and close and you still have essentially the, the winner of the race having to come from third to overtake a couple of cars... I will absolutely take that as the worst race of the year. Thank you very much. Lovely. We'll take it. Bank. Lovely. Cool. Right. Thank you so much to Tommy. Thank you so much to Katie. I don't know why I did a weakest link reference. Um, thank <laughs> that, you to Manscaped. That is a, <laughs> that's that is niche. a proper throwback, that is. <laughs> and thank you to, to Manscaped as well for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, if you want to get involved next time, use the hashtag WTF1 podcast or just answer the, uh, the post that we put out on our Instagram, Twitter and so on. And uh, please be sure to give us five stars, a thumbs up if you're watching or listening. And uh, we'll be back 
potentially a very special <laughs> movie back for a very special podcast potentially uh, this week. So uh, look out for that. We can't say much because we're just waiting for it all to be confirmed. But look forward to it, and uh, we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bank. Goodbye. <laughs> you have a week's week. sleep. Goodbye. Have a week's sleep. Goodbye. God, no one's going to get that. Reference. <laughs> no, no one have been born when that was on TV. <laughs> Apart from you, you old age dinosaur. <laughs>